What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Horror Chronicles. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, as always... I'm JT. JT is in the house. In his house. (laughs) And if you haven't noticed by that intro music, today we're kind of a special episode for us, because it's a... Yeah, this is this is something that um, is pretty important to us, you know. Uh, the movie again, of course. You want to go ahead? I mean, if I'm they if, like if, a school girl. if they don't know by now, by yeah. the intro, then they uh, well, then they should know. Yeah, you should. We're going to be talking about the movie Halloween from 1978. Yes, the original, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait. We're going to be talking in depth about this movie. There's going to be a lot of spoilers. If you have not seen this movie yet, first off, one, you're living under a rock. Shame on you. And two, shame on you. Because <laughs> this has got to be one of the greatest horror movies. Oh man! Uh, it started an entire craze of slasher flicks. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this movie, man. I oh. watched it again just today, so I can just. It gives me an excuse to watch it, but. It, you know, just to get that feel again, and man, I yeah, yeah, I just and, and that's what it is about this movie. It's all feeling. Yes, the whole yes movie. Because I mean, it's feeling. Yeah, yeah, and I mean feelings. Oh shit! No, but uh, <laughs> speaking of singing, can we just take a second to um, appreciate Iron Maiden? Oh my God, Bruce Dickinson is the man. Oh, the whole man. band. I mean, they're they're just a phenomenal band. Sorry guys, I just was blasting <clears throat> that shit on my way to Der- to Gerald's house <laughs> or JT, as you know him. But anyway, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, back to the to Halloween. Um, like okay. we said, okay. You know, so Halloween, 1978. Yes. Okay. Synopsis of the movie is there's a. Uh, Girls babysitting on Halloween night. Uh, killer escapes from an insane asylum and wreaks havoc on the small town in Illinois. Haddonfield. Haddonfield. Which, interestingly enough, was not in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into it already. I was going to say, well, Gerald, why don't you let us know? Where was that at? <laughs> Um, well, the movie Halloween was, of course, set in October. Uh, it happened in, uh, you know, over a period of October 30th and October 31st. Um, the movie was actually recorded in May of 78 in Southern California. Um, the actual Myers house is in Pasadena. And then the other... The main street where the uh, the girls live, uh-huh. were babysitting or whatever, yeah, yeah. is actually off of uh, Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Are those houses still there? Yes. Man, that'd be cool to go see. Yeah. As much as I don't ever want to go to California. <laughs> oh, dude. I went one time. I was uh, traveling with uh, with my band, Lunatic, which you've heard some of our music on here. Uh, and we spent, uh, spent the day on Sunset Boulevard in California, and it was... Awesome. It was probably a lot cooler back then. Um, It really was uh, a a dream of mine. I always wanted to go to California when I was younger. You know, I thought when I grew up I was going to be a rock star. Yeah, man, 50s must have been awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, shit. But uh, anyway, (laughs) back to Halloween. Uh, So Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. You know, this was... uh, Really, for John Carpenter, this is not a movie that, you know, I don't want to say he didn't want to do the movie. 
he was asked to do the movie um, by this guy, Erwin uh, Blonde. Um, he uh, had an idea for a movie. He was going to call it The Babysitter Murders. He uh, thought about it for a while, and he thought, you know, I really want this movie to take place on Halloween night. And then all of a sudden it dawned on him, Halloween, Halloween, wait, wait. They started doing some research and found out there was not a single movie out that even had the word Halloween in the title. That's so freaking crazy. Not one movie. Now, you know, this was back in 1978. There was no internet or whatever, but for all the research that they could do, there was not one movie called Halloween. So he approached Jaron Carpenter about it, told him what he wanted to do, and and Jaron Carpenter was like, eh, you know, I, I, I would like to do a horror movie. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. He said, uh, John Carpenter basically told him, he said, if I do this movie... I want my name above the title, and I want total creative freedom for this. And and he said, uh, if you give me that, I can do the movie for around three hundred thousand dollars. And Yablons is like, you can't make a movie for three hundred grand, <laughs> but if you can, I'll give you anything you want. Oh shit! Well, just so you know, they made this movie for three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Holy crap! Three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and it. Just banked at the box. I was gonna say, well, not and still today. So it, it, it still does, still does. Um, at three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, it became one of the most profitable independent films ever made. Um, when it came out, it came out in October. So they they filmed this movie in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, with no talent, they they had no stars in there. Carpenter wanted somebody, they, they were looking for some sort of British star to play the part of Sam Loomis, the doctor. Um, his, his first thought was uh, Peter Cushing. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't get him to do it. He went through a list of people, and he settled on Donald Pleasance. Which and, is awesome. Oh, yeah, he did a fantastic Nailed job. Nailed it. Fantastic he got lucky job. on that. But uh, when this movie came out, <laughs> it's funny, they spent... They spent three hundred thousand on the movie. Half of that they spent in camera equipment, and Donald Pleasance alone wanted twenty thousand dollars for five days worth of work. <laughs> and Doctor Loomis, Donald Pleasance, filmed his entire part for that movie in five days. Sweet. See, yeah, and um, you know it's kind of funny that you mentioned the whole British thing because it kind of makes me think about. Did we go into this too fast? Should have we have talked about the movie a little more? No, we'll talk about the movie. We won't go too far more. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. stuff. But anyway, um, it kind of makes me think about how uh, Rob Zombie put what's his name. Ah, I just <laughs> yeah, we won't talk, yeah. The, but the guy who played Loomis. And oh, Malcolm his, McDowell. I wonder if he knew that the original they were looking for a British guy, and he kind of went with. I, I don't know, possibly. But the way he made the movie, he probably didn't do much research. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm sure he did. You know, Halloween's one of those movies that, it, you know, it, it. they made this movie and thought, oh, it's, you know, it's not going to be that big. It's, you know, we're, we're just doing it because we can, really. And uh, they had no idea that this movie would become a cult classic. Yeah, just like Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea yeah. what was going, no, what was going to come. They with really it. didn't. They really didn't. Yeah, it's a great movie, man. I tell you, like one of my one of the cool a cool part that I really like about the movie 
um, is like towards the beginning whenever um, Loomis and the nurse are driving to the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And as they pull up with the music playing in the background, it's dark. all you see is the headlights. Like you're actually in the car driving. And you right, see right. all of a sudden you start seeing these fucking lunatics walking around in the fucking woods just walking around, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was like, and I and I love the nurse. She's like, since when do they just let them walk around? <laughs> you know. And Loomis is like, they don't get yeah. to the gate. You know? <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> no, but I love that part, man. That's yeah. a oh, super yeah. creepy part. And um, it was like uh, I was I did like I said, I just watched this today. I mean, I watch it all the time, but I just watched it today just to refresh myself 100%. And, like, that part really, I was like, dude, that's so cool and creepy. Imagine just pulling up down the road. It really is, especially with it raining and just the, the, the whole, music they had playing at time. And, like, know. just it was super creepy. All you see is white gowns. You couldn't really yeah. make out faces yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah. That's one thing that Carpenter really nailed on this movie was atmosphere. The whole movie is atmosphere. Great, great atmosphere. If you really think about the movie... Okay, there are absolutely no special effects in this movie. None whatsoever. And there's hardly any blood. This movie creeps you out simply because of music and atmosphere. And that's exactly what I was thinking that I was going to bring up is like, I was sitting there watching, I'm like, you know what? If you just had the volume off on this movie. It probably wouldn't be that scary. Or even, it's like, almost wouldn't be that good. Yeah, yeah I, you know, yeah, you yeah. just be like, um, it, it's like the music is a character all its exactly own. what I was thinking. That's exactly yeah, my, yeah. you're in my head on this one. That's exactly what I was thinking. The lunatics are in my head. <laughs> but I mean, for real, it's it, it's um that little that the littlest things, but like um when they're walking, the girls are walking down the sidewalk mm-hmm. talking. They're talking. You can barely hear what the fuck they're even saying, but yeah. you hear the music. Playing. You hear the music. And that music is what gets you, man. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. Love it. But, I mean, um, another thing that was pretty cool that I noticed is, too, <clears throat> and um, there was this part, uh, there was this part where they're walking down the sidewalk together and um, they see, Lori sees, uh, Mike Myers standing there at the thing, at the bushes. Yeah. He stepped, well, and then he steps off to this. Yeah. Steps off yeah. to the side, right? Well, at that time, which is something that a lot of people probably didn't notice, but it happened. There was a guy, one of the one of the cat, one of the guys working like boom mic or something was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And you see her standing you there, and you the see the puff of smoke coming, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coming oh, through yeah. the screen. It's this little thing like that. I caught that. I was like, oh, "That's pretty cool." Yeah. I looked for that because I remember seeing that on a uh, TV show. They're talking about some of the things that had happened throughout the movie. Yeah. You know, one of the things a lot of people don't catch, and and you you see it at the beginning of the movie. But it's very quick in a couple spots, but if you know what you're looking for, you'll notice it. Is since they recorded this in Southern California, as you look into the background, occasionally you'll see a palm tree. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think to look at that. Yeah, um, and and it, it interestingly enough, you know, they've got all the leaves blowing around. Well, they they filmed this movie in May. All the trees are fully greened out. There's no <laughs> leaves falling. Yeah. <laughs> so what they did is, is the the production crew went and they bought these huge trash bags full of paper leaves. 
And they set up a big fan, and when they would do a scene, they'd throw these leaves up in the fan so that they would blow across the sidewalk and stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, when the girls are walking or whatever. And then after the scene, they'd send all these people out to pick them back up and put them in trash bags. Because they, they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, they were on a tight budget on this movie. That's so crazy, man. Tight budget. That was so cool to be able to get a job on there, though. <laughs> it would be. Even if it was just picking up the fucking dead the leaves. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, it's funny. There's actually a rumor that Robert England was one of the guys doing the leaves. Dude, that'd be so one awesome. Day, one day when they were filming, he was there and he was helping them do some of the I can't prep wait. work and yeah, stuff. I can't wait to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Oh, Robert yeah. England, man. That dude's freaking... If it weren't for Halloween, though, we probably wouldn't have Nightmare on Elm Street. I know, man. Halloween's just a freaking OG. <laughs> well, it started the slasher craze. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's kind of funny. It started... Out of John Carpenter's love of Black Christmas. He absolutely loved that movie. I love John Carpenter. <laughs> he, he's done some great stuff, you know. Dude, I... Great stuff. It started with Assault on Precinct 13. Great movie. Great movie. Then he did Halloween. Uh, you know, he, it goes he, on he, he did on. The Fog, The Thing, Escape from New York, Escape, Escape from, LA. from L.A., which is funny because that's the first time John Carpenter's ever done a, ever See, done a sequel. Um, One of my favorite movies he's done. Of course, you guys already know this. I'm a vampire guy. John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah, yeah. Cool movie. Great movie, man. That's one of my favorites. By far, one of my favorites that he's done. John Carpenter's done some cool stuff, but unfortunately, he got kind of pigeonholed as a horror director you know but he does a great job at him he's fantastic he knows the atmosphere it's like he, james wan yeah you know yeah. that's who i can compare james wan to is carpenter you yeah. know oh, as far yeah. as atmospheric movies yeah for sure you know for sure. Oh, so I, let's I'm, let's talk about the opening scene of the movie yes okay let's let's just talk about this for a minute so the movie opens with a girl and her boyfriend running into a house you're seeing the view from the sidewalk, okay? They go in the house. The camera comes in. It pans around the house to the side of the house. You can see them through the window, and they talk about going upstairs. They, You see them go upstairs. Then the camera pans back in, goes through the door, and up the staircase. As it gets up to the top of the staircase, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it doesn't go to the top of the staircase. It goes into the kitchen first. And it grabs, you see a hand come out and grab a butcher knife out of the mm-hmm. out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. So, grabs a butcher knife, comes around, goes up the staircase. When they, when they get to the top of the staircase, there's a clown mask laying on the floor. Kid put, picks up, puts on the clown mask, and goes in the room and attacks his sister. You see a little bit of blood there, little. and you see the knife. You never yeah. see the knife touching the girl or anything. You don't need to. Yeah. So, you know, you see the knife. You see the girl fall on the floor, a little bit of blood, and then the camera turns around, pans back out, goes down the stairs, and out the front door where the parents are mm-hmm. coming up the sidewalk. Come up the, yep. And they say, Michael? Yeah. And they grab the mask, and then the camera pans out to where you're seeing them standing there. And the music plays. And the music's playing, and you see the camera lift up to an aerial shot above them. Okay? Cool thing about that whole sequence of events, 
they tried so hard to do that in one camera shot. John Carpenter wanted that to be one continuous camera shot because it would make it creepier. Just like you were the killer uh-huh. walking into the house, killing the sister, and then leaving the house. So what Carpenter was really trying to do was you know, film this entire sequence in one shot. They couldn't do it, though. The camera that they were using would only record for so long before it would run out of tape. Uh-huh. So that whole sequence is actually three different segments put together, but they did it in a way to where you can't even tell. Yeah. Cause the looked- first cut is when the kid puts on the mask. They oh, cut wow. to a different scene, and it, they're you know they start the reel over. And then the second one is as he turns around to come out the door, they cut to another scene there. They had to do it that way because they could not get all the way in the house to the kitchen, get the knife, get up the stairs, get the mask, kill the girl, and then get back out of the house in one continuous take. So they had to splice it together. But when you watch the movie, it looks like it's one continuous take. Yeah, and that's, like you said, adds to the creepiness of it. It really does. I mean, Carpenter is a master of... And you know, something that I didn't... Well, we can wait till I'll talk about that. No, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to talk about something that I didn't notice um, until I watched it again today, is that you see Michael's face. Like, all of it. Yeah. There's one scene. At the very... Well, Uh, towards the very end. Yeah, yeah. And right I was before like, the end. yeah, I was going to wait. That's mm-hmm. I was going to wait and bring it up later on. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting fact about that is, is uh, that was a guy, his name was Tommy Moran or Tony, Tony Moran. Uh, he is not the guy that played Michael throughout the movie though. Yeah. He was just, they the pre- used him as a stand in just to show him his was, face. Him was prettier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy that actually played Michael Myers was a guy named Nick Castle. Nick Castle, baby. Um, and, Carpenter, he was friends with Carpenter, and Carpenter just happened to be recording not too far from his house, and they they got together and decided to, uh, Carpenter decided he liked the way he walked. So he told Nick Castle, he said, <laughs> the like only it. direction I'm going to give you is walk. I like the way I don't want you to act. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to walk. Yeah, I just, I just want you to walk a little bit. Yeah, I like the way you walk. I'm not saying you have to go, but I like to watch you walk away. I don't know if I would appreciate my friend like, hey, uh, I've been, um, you know, I've been watching you walk a little bit. So know. is this too much? Are we screwing this movie up? Or? No, 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 man. It's all good. I, it, you know, it's all that inside info that a lot of people don't know, and we're going to tell you about it. Yeah, it's all good. Because I can. Because we know the secrets. We do. <laughs> it's movie magic. Uh, yeah, guess so. what, guys? It's fake. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know that and so is wrestling so gonna, is wrestling no it's not <laughs> stop talking about my wrestling don't get me started <laughs> but so, anyway so anyway so uh, no stars in the movie jamie lee curtis excuse me sir jamie lee curtis jamie lee curtis was new i she know she was an introduction time. um she had been in another uh show um uh, called Petticoat. Oh yeah, something. It wasn't Petticoat Junction. It was, well, maybe it was, but she was. Uh, she had had like a walk-on role on it or something. So how much later was Prom Night than this? Uh, Prom Night, I think. If I had to remember, I think Prom Night was around eighty 
81, somewhere around in there. Yeah, because I remember she was in. I'm, I'm wondering if that was the because this if that was this next movie she made because I remember um, I remember her being in that and uh, to be honest with you, when I think of Dame Lee Curtis, all I really think about is the first time I seen her topless. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. In yeah. uh trading, yeah. trading prom night 1980 and trading spaces. Trading Space, a great movie, great movie. I just watched like don't. I've only watched probably like the a minute and a half of that movie, and that's just because I had it on the same loop over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. I know where I was going with it. <laughs> know where you wanted to go. With oh my gosh, dude! My, even my wife told me that the other day. I was telling her that we we're going to be doing Halloween, and she's like, "Man, Jamie Lee Curtis has the nicest rack I've ever seen." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay." If we're going to talk about that, you cannot talk about that without talking about that whole striptease scene during True Lies. Oh yeah! Holy crap! Jamie Lee Curtis. God bless you. No wonder, <laughs> no wonder Schwarzenegger <laughs> dropped the recorder. God bless you. Yeah, she's a beautiful girl. She anyway, really yeah, that's what I meant. To say no disrespect. She's beautiful. We could talk about Jamie for a long time. But uh, so, how many people know this? Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of Tony Curtis. Oh, and um, uh, I know I know who her mom was. Psycho, I know Janet Lee. Janet Lee, yeah, okay. Um, and it's funny in this movie, there's a lot of homages played to Psycho uh-huh. because Carpenter was a huge uh, Hitchcock fan too. So you know, it was funny. A lot of the people, the the names of these people in the movie were based off of people that Carpenter knew. Yeah, like. I didn't realize this until here recently, but Michael Myers was named after the guy that did the European distribution for Assault on Precinct 13. Mm. It was it was John Carpenter's weird way of saying thanks for helping me out. That's know? cool, though. Yeah, it is really cool. That'd be cool. I wish I was a guy who's like, yeah, Mike Myers, yeah, that's named after me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That'd been awesome. But so yeah, so we got Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori Strode, um, Nancy Loomis as Annie Brackett, and the lovely PJ Souls as Linda, and then of course Donald Pleasance as Sam Loomis, and the man Nick Castle as the Shape. The Shape, yeah, awesome character. Oh, and I just found this out that the reason why Carpenter called him the Shape was from the Salem Witch Trials, which we just talked about. Uh-huh. Um, the judges in the witch trials used to refer to specters and spirits as shapes. Ah, And gotcha. that's where Carpenter came up with his idea to <clears throat> name him the shape. Sweet. A little inside stuff I didn't know. <clears throat> you want some more inside stuff? Um, I don't know. I don't want you to ruin this for me. <laughs> uh... So, Michael Myers, he based the character of Michael Myers off of a 13-year-old boy that he met in an insane institution while he was on a school field trip. (laughs) No kidding. I can't make this shit up. Wow. So, was he the same age, I guess? Probably, maybe? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to know what school's taking their kids to fucking insane asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mental institution is what it was. 
Oh, they call those colleges now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. That's some, what some of us call it work. Yeah, that's what yeah. you meant to say. Colleges. I got you. I'm on it. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just stepping all over this movie. No, but it's, man. it's out of love, though. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's, it's... It's out of the utmost respect. I mean, this is one of the greatest movies of my childhood. I, I still love this movie. It's one of my... Favorite, it, it, it probably is my favorite I, movie ever. And I know we we love the new one. We went and seen it together. But um, like uh, I liked all the other sequels, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think people... You know, <laughs> I did, but they took it in a direction that was really weird. Um, yeah, they but, kind of went with the cult, that, the cult and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but I liked them. I mean, those were a part of my... Every one what, of what them. What was it? Thorn? Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah the, Everybody, like... I don't know. I I have a friend. And I love him to death. He's my best friend. You have a friend? I have one friend. He's in my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to me all the time. Um, <laughs> but no, I have a I have a lot of friends. Thank you very much. You do. No, but I have you're a, such a friendly guy. Yeah, you know, nice. I pet the cats and then snap their. No. Anyway, what I was gonna say, I got a I got a friend of mine. He's my best friend. I you know I love the dude to death. But he um, hates everything. I can't talk to him about movies. Everything yeah, I talk to him about. I know those people. The only movie he liked that I've talked to him so far is Deadpool. The first one. He didn't like the second one. Really? I thought the second one was better. That's than because the first one. he can't. He's, we kind of talked about that, how like he, he can't get past shit. He mm. can't. Like the whole agenda mm. that the movie has, there's an agenda and everything, of course. So like, well, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm sorry we're talking about you. Yeah, I love him. He knows who he's all right. He knows who he is. He's probably uh, more of a Michael Myers type, <laughs> and I'm not playing. I love him to death. Psycho killer, and he's my best friend. <laughs> so you know, it, it is what it is. No, yeah. I, but I mean, what I'm saying is, I loved all the sequels. I think people, um, I don't know. I think what what I would like for people to do. Is to do what I do, and trust me, I have hardcore beliefs on things, but I let it go. I, I go into it saying, "Look, I'm just here to be entertained, and right?" Just, and right. just go and watch oh, yeah. it, and just yeah. and just watch it for what it is. I don't know. I thought you were going to get up and beat that girl's ass that kept turning her cell phone on. Oh my god, dude! I mean, guys, seriously, this. If we're you're in, a, in a movie theater, turn your damn phone on. And not only that, it's not like it was just some flip phone or something. It was like the biggest damn fucking phone you could think of with their brightness turned up. She's sitting up. over there with a 17-inch tablet. Yeah, all the way turned up on the brightness and then like just sitting there perfect right in my vision. And every 10 seconds, boom, bright lights comes on. And I'm trying to watch Halloween. Dude, I was getting lit. I was about ready to Mike Myers' her ass. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. I didn't say nothing, though. I let it go. And I watch a damn movie like I supposed yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's all I'm saying. I think um, I think people would would just let would have more entertainment and enjoy stuff more if they kind of just let it, you know. Oh yeah. Just let For it entertain sure. you. Don't For worry sure. about it. You know. Oh, something I do want to talk about in the movie. Whenever oh, uh, Angie is babysitting, right? Annie. Annie. God, why did I do that every time? Annie was babysitting. And uh, they got that German Shepherd. Yes, yes. And they got that German Shepherd. And uh, I always thought in my head when I was younger, dude, that dog would like tear Michael up. Because German Shepherds are vicious. Right. You know? And they're trained for that. I'm like, dude, that dog would tear Michael up. He would get at least tore up a little bit before he would. 
until I work for a, a company where I deliver things to people's houses. And um, I was delivering a package one day to someone's house. And uh, this freaking huge German Shepherd. These people have a German Shepherd. And it's out all the time. It's, a, it's a probably 120 pound, 130 pound, 120 or 130 pound German Shepherd. Okay. Big German Shepherd. That is. And um, I don't ever get out usually. But this day, what do you do? Just throw the package? No, they usually they usually either come come. Oh, they to come me, to you. I got gotcha. you. Or um, they tell me to uh, put it in a weather bag and just kind of drop it by their oh, by you. their sidewalk because they know the dogs. You know. Right. Well, this time there was a little girl. She let the dog in. I'm like, oh, okay. She shut the dog in. She shut the door. So I walk start walk to the porch to drop the package off. She c- tries to come outside. Boom! Dog busts through the door. Basically, what I'm getting at is. The dog jumped off the porch and I caught it midair. Yeah. And it bit my arm on one side when I grabbed a hold of its neck. But I, I mean, I, I slammed the dog and I held it down. So basically, what I'm getting at is okay, it's not that hard. Mike Myers to probably, control it. Yeah, Mike yeah. Myers probably could have done it. Yeah. Granted, I've had a lot of training on things like that. I'm sure if someone wasn't as was scared of dogs, it probably would have got right. through their neck or something. But basically, what I'm saying is uh, for the longest time, I was like, no way, that dog. The dog would tear him up, and yeah, then, yeah. but now I realize, okay, and especially if he's some kind of crazy psycho killer, yeah, it'd yeah. probably be very easy for him yeah. to just take that dog and do whatever. Yeah, he to has it. no remorse. Same thing with Jason. Whenever he does it to to the dog, on um, what is that? I think part three or four, and he's basically sticks the dog to the freaking. <laughs> you know, it's uh, they got a um, it's the one with um, oh uh. It's the one with Corey Feldman. Oh, part four? Yes. Yeah, yeah part four. The I was right. Chapter. I was right. <laughs> yeah. When, in the mirror, you remember whenever um, they, had the, they had the dog or whatever and their mom, they leave and the yeah, mom's Yeah, I remember there. them having the dog. The dog's name was Gordon. Yep. I remember. And, well, Jason takes care of that dog. Yeah. So, yeah. anymore, unless you got like a pack of pit bulls, <laughs> the serial killer is taking care of business. Yeah. But, wow, we went way off. Sorry. Way off. I just remember seeing that this today when I was watching. I'm like, I seen that uh, the joint of German Shepherd went outside, and I'm like, eh, he might could take him. <laughs> Mike He's could a big take boy. Him. He's a big boy. Oh. So back to you so, spoiling the movie for everyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> back to you pulling a dick move. Man, I can, <laughs> I can screw up a wet dream. Oh, it's the best. Just do it good. It is. It is. Um, no, I mean, there's just so many iconic scenes in this movie. So, so we talk about the intro of the movie. Okay. So after the intro of the movie, what comes next? Dr. Loomis and the nurse driving up to. Yeah. Super creepy part. Loved it. Love that part. Oh, when they're pulling up, they pull up to the insane asylum. He's talking to her about, you know, Michael Myers and. Why are you, then why are you transferring him? And he's like, oh, because there's laws. And... You mean you actually never want him to get out? Never, never, never. Then why are we taking him up to Hardin County if you're just going to walk Because that is the law. You know, blah, blah. But as they're pulling up, you see creepy as hell, all these crazy people just kind of walking around like cows. You know, just <laughs> wandering around. In the, in the middle of nowhere. Since when did they let them wander around? Super freaking cre- creepy. And what does Loomis decide to do? I'm gonna get out. You stay. You stay here. I mean, I guess he's a doctor, so he's used to being right. around crazy people. Right. So that makes sense, I guess. But like, 
I would be like, no, nah, we're getting out of here, you know. But, you know, and then, of course, you see Mike. Well, you don't really see him, but you see him jump up on the back of the vehicle. Right. Come from right. the backside of it. And, yeah. And then he climbs uh, climbs over and he smashes the window and he pulls the nurse out. And then and he takes the ride. And he gets in the car and drives away. Yeah, he's magical. He knows how to drive. How the hell did Michael Myers know how to drive? Hey, man. I don't know. Grant that thought <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, well, Loomis actually says something. Loomis did say something because he, he was a little angry about it. You know, he said, uh, what did he say? He's like, well, how do you, he, how do you learn how to drive? Uh, what, what was it? He said, uh, uh, all points bulletin couldn't stop a five-year-old. Yeah, and he's like, well, how do you learn how to drive? He's like, I don't know, but he sure in the hell did. I watched him, yeah. <laughs> I watched him do it. Yeah, perhaps somebody here gave him lessons. I'm not responsible, Sam. Oh, no. I told him how dangerous you he was. You couldn't have two roadblocks and an all-points bulletin wouldn't stop a five-year-old. Well, he was your patient, Doctor. If precautions weren't strong enough, you should have told somebody. I told everybody! Nobody listened. There's nothing else I can do. You could get back in there and get back on that telephone, tell him exactly who walked out of here last night, and tell him exactly where he's going. Probably going. I'm wasting my time. Sam Haddonfield is 150 miles away from here. Now, now, for God's sakes, he can't drive a car. He was doing very well last night. Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just one of those things. But then again, before, like you said, we don't need all that information. Oh, we did in that movie. I mean, it was, uh, you know, well, it, and that's that was Carpenter's vision of this movie is he thought that it would be creepier if you didn't know everything. Yeah, and it was. It, it left it more... Imagination. Into your imagination. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and it just, you know, gave it that creep factor. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's the atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Um, sure. That's what, with a lot of things. The less you know, the better. That's like whenever, you know, walking into the woods. You know, you don't know. You don't know what's out there. And walking into the woods at night, it's it, I I hunt. You know, I'm always out in the woods anyway. I hike, I hunt, all that shit. But like, you walk to the woods at night, you know, you don't know what's in there. It could be whatever. It could be a freaking panther, or it could be Bigfoot. Yeah, screw that. I'm not going out there in the dark. If I go out there in the dark, I got a floodlight, freaking <laughs> headlights. Uh, you know, a freaking torch, fucking helicopter flying above me with a spotlight <laughs> but, on. You know. But you know, that's the thing. That's that's what makes it. I thought it was just that one time in '86. And he was on acid. I mean, it's a it's not, not this, this is a story for another time. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's it's the unknown. You know, yeah. and that's and that's oh, yeah. exactly what what it is. It's it's the unknown. Not mm-hmm. knowing is some of the scariest shit. You yeah. jump into you jump into a river, you know, or you swim in the ocean. You don't know what the hell is going on. You don't. On. You don't. That's what's freaking creepy about it, man. It is. It is. So I mean, he 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 nailed that. Yeah, he did. He did. He nailed it for sure. <clears throat> Gotta love the way he put all this together. You know, the way he introduced all the characters. You know, because then you see Lori come out of the house, you know, and her dad's like, hey, can you drop this key off at the Myers house? You know? Oh, yeah. And then as she's walking, who comes running up? But Tommy. Uh-huh. You know? Little Tommy. Uh, and uh, Tommy Doyle. Uh, and he talks to her for a while, and when she goes over, you know, he asks her, why are you walking this way? And she said, I got to drop a key off. And he's like, well, where you got to drop a key off? And she says, the, the Myers, Myers house. Place? And he's like, uh-uh. You can't go there. That's the spook house. Yeah, they say scary stuff happens there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it really does. Really does. <laughs> yeah, that, and, um, you know. And then that's the first time we really see him 
in Haddonfield. Yeah. Yeah. Is because after she drops off the key, he appears in the doorway as she's walking away. And it's cool, too, because, like, um, the way he does it. And you get that music. And that's the whole point of the music. You know, know, that's what. That that music made that movie period, dude. And, like, the little. What I like about it, too, is, like, the little things that. um, And I noticed this with the other other sequels of it. Um, You would see him driving by. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when Donald Pleasance is standing there talking to uh, Brackett, and then like some, they go somewhere, and then yeah, they're as, standing there in front of the of the, the hardware the hardware store he got broken yeah. into, yeah. and as he's talking to him, you see him just yeah. drive on by. Yeah, right and it's after. funny because Loomis is looking to the left, yeah, and then he turns his head to look to the right, and you see the car drive right behind him because he's you following. Know. You know, yeah. he's following the girls is what he's doing because uh, the girls just stopped there. I was talking to it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. You know, okay, so if I have seen this movie once, I've seen it a thousand times. Okay, I absolutely love this movie. I watch it several times a year. I'm still very entertained by it. Um, I recently bought the 4K release for this movie. Oh, my God. They did a phenomenal job on this. I cannot believe how good this movie looks in 4K. I didn't think it would stand up very well. But it just freaking blew my mind oh, yeah. how good it looks. And the sound quality on it is just over the top. I mean, it, phenomenal. They did a phenomenal job on this. But what's what's interesting, the reason why I'm telling you this is there's a scene where Lori is sitting in class and the teacher's uh-huh. talking to her and she's kind of daydreaming. And she looks out the window and she sees the car parked out there. Um. She looks out, sees the car, she looks back at the teacher, looks back out there, sees the car again, looks back into the room, talks to the teacher. The teacher asked her a question about, you know, they're talking about fate and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and Lori looks out the window again and the car's gone. Okay, so I have seen this movie, I can't tell you how many times, never noticed Michael Myers standing behind the car. Oh, shoot, really? I never noticed that. Until I got the 4K version. And I was watching that, and I paused it, and I'm like, what the hell? I never noticed him standing on the other side of the car. <laughs> I thought she just looked out and saw the car. Wow. Never, I guess, it's my own not paying attention or looking yeah. at the surroundings or whatever. Never noticed that until I got the 4K version. And it's not that you can't see it in the regular version. It's there. I just never... I was going to say, because I, I never noticed. I it. remember seeing him. I never noticed it. I was just going to say, I'm like, wait, didn't, didn't she see him out there, too? Like, she does. She's, he's standing behind the car. Yeah. All you can see is his head. Head, yeah, 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 okay. And I never noticed that before. That's hilarious. I, it's one of those weird things. Yeah, there, it might just be the Alzheimer's you were talking about earlier. Maybe. Coming maybe, in, you know, you can, maybe. Maybe I just don't remember. Maybe you anything. don't remember remembering it. What was that guy's name again? <laughs> But, you know, speaking of that whole um, Loomis talking to Sheriff Brackett, I love that little speech he gives him. You know, whenever he says... Oh, when they're, when they're at the house and they're trying to... Uh, when they know Michael's there, well, Loomis assumes Michael's yeah, there. Isn't it? And the, the sheriff doesn't believe him, and he talks the sheriff into going out and checking the house. And then he says this fantastic little spot. Yeah. Nothing's going on except kids playing pranks, trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. I have the feeling that you're way off on this. You have the wrong feeling. Well, you're not doing very much to prove me wrong. What more do you need? 
Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night, inhumanly patient, waiting for some secret, silent alarm to trigger him off. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it. Yeah, I've, I love that part. It's freaking, ugh, freaking such a great, like, just, it adds to the creepiness of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for it sure. It adds to that, nah, just, it's awesome. Yeah, it, you know, and I love that. His voice. The, the ending line on that, death has come to your small town. Oh, dude. I just. His voice was perfect. It, it, it was great. It was great. They, they, I cannot imagine that movie without Donald Pleasance. Oh, dude. I, I really know. can't. Like I said, I love all the sequels. You know. I love them. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Malcolm McDowell did a great job in the, the Rob Zombie remake. Yeah. But Loomis had such a presence to him and so. His acting was effortless. It, it really was. It's like it really he was. was. You know, and they talked about that. Uh, I watched a, uh, I watched a thing. It was like a behind the scenes deal, and uh, Carpenter talked about Donald Pleasance and the way he acted. And he said he was so gifted and so talented that he didn't have to try to act. Yeah, he was just. It's like he was he, that person. He he didn't have to. He said there were scenes where he would ask me, "I can do this one of two ways." And he said, and Donald Pleasance could do it one of two ways without even saying a word. It was just his facial expressions and the way he moved that you knew exactly, you know, what yeah. point he was trying to get across. He was just a fantastic actor. He really yeah, he, was. I love that part. I, like I said, I was talking about the sequels, man. I love it because, like, on part two when he's like, I shot him six times. I shot him six times. And he's still moving. <laughs> I shot him six times. What? I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. That can't have gotten very far. Come on. I shot him six times. Yeah. Every six time times. I see him now, every time I see He's him in any, any movie, I'll be sitting there at the house. I'll see him in a movie. It doesn't have to be. And I'll, I'll, I automatically start going, I shot him six times. I'm always like, what the hell are you talking about? Dude, <laughs> I think it's funny. I think my favorite scene with him is when the kids are going up and they're going to knock on the Myers house door and the one kid's like, go on Lonnie, go up there. And you hear Loomis back in the bushes. He's like, Hey, Hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> I just, I freaking love that part. dude. Cause he turns around and he looks at the camera and he's just smiling. Cause he knows that he really fucked these kids. <laughs> I just love it. Love it. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. He, I, he was. And he then, was. And, 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 and all the all, all, so, all of the actors and actresses in this movie were great. They really were. You know, yeah. Lori played that part of the vulnerable girl, you know, but she was very smart. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, you felt like with her, you know, you didn't know if she was going to survive this or not. Yeah. But you yeah. knew out of the girls there... If anybody was going to survive it, it was going to be her. Well, because the other girls were a little more promiscuous. And well, and she says she says this one time. She says this one time. She said uh, whenever she was getting ready to um, 
her friend was needed her to babysit um, the the girl so she can go get her boyfriend, and she says. The Girl Scout comes out again. The old Girl Scout comes through again. Yes, yes, great you know? part. And and that's the, and that's the and that's what it you know that kind of gives you. She knows she's the go-to girl. Yes, she gets yeah. stuff done. Right type situation. Right. You know, right. which in turn in turn now me thinking about the new one we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. You know. How she was in the new movie. How. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was which we don't want to talk about that movie here. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess we won't. Yeah. But but, but anyway that. That that, that's going to come later. Yeah. Just so you know, it was a fantastic movie, though. Yeah, I loved it. I really did, too. So, yeah, um, she was she was like the go-to girl, you know. She was the one that could get stuff done. Yeah. And, you know, she... Um, I, I thought it was really cool. The way that, sh- that, that she acted in the movie, it was like she was really intuitive. Yes, yeah. You know, like she... She was piecing it together before anything. Everybody else was like, "Oh no, oh Baba," but she was like, "No." Like when they when they first seen Michael Myers driving down the road. Hey, isn't that Devon Graham? I don't think so. I think he's cute. Hey, jerk! Speed kills. Right, and yeah. she was she was watching. She was uh, cautious. Yeah, she was very, very cautious. cautious. She and she mm-hmm. watched the car and watched it drive by and watched it go that way. Right, and she noticed she she was the one that noticed who was driving. Yeah, uh, what did what did the one girl say that she thought that was Tavon Graham? Was that yeah, his name? something like that. And she's like, no, no I don't that's think not so. Yeah, and she was seeing him with the mask yeah. on. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. she just noticed it. And then you know later on, whenever she seen seen him. At the bushes, she knew automatically who he was. Cause well, she, she didn't know who he was. Well, not who he was. She knew what she, it was. The person she saw driving the in car. the car, right? You know, right. and um, and she so she's putting all this stuff together. So yeah. like, she's just super, super intuitive and yeah, knows yeah. aware of her surroundings. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you had the other girls. You know, uh, Annie Brackett. She was kind of like the party girl. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Linda. Linda, you know, she was a cheerleader and rah, rah. Know, very provocative, and you know, we get to see some of that later on. Maybe. You know, yeah, you know, that's a that's one thing I like about. Never mind, I won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the one bad thing about horror movies, for my kids' sake, is because my kid loves to watch them. <laughs> yeah, and you're sitting there with the remote, and you're like, oh, 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 wait, I can't even let him watch movies. And to be honest with you, I, I've actually stopped letting him watch. Any horror movies really? except for like um, the Goosebumps and stuff like that, and like he he watches like My Haunted House and stuff like that with me, but I don't right. let him watch any kind of other horror movies. And I mainly for myself, I just uh, he still loves them once once to watch them. He still loves them, so he can still keep that love for him. And I want oh, him, yeah. I want him to appreciate I, them. Yes, appreciate them, and I also want him to keep that imagination. And I think that if I had to keep telling him. That this is a movie, this is fake, this is this, yeah. that he's going to lose that. And I just Oh, rem- oh what was it at the beginning of, uh, oh, what was it, Last House on the Left, where their promo or tagline or whatever is just keep telling yourself, it's only a movie. Yeah. It's only a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's only a movie. And see, I don't want to keep telling myself. I, I want to have that imagination. Because yeah. for me, like uh, whenever I was younger, watching Goosebumps, man, really got me. 
You know, the books really got me. Watching the, watching the TV show got me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that James Wan ruined it for my kid because <laughs> he loves conjuring. he didn't ruin it for me that guy's he, put out some awesome he loves movies. the conjuring he yeah. loves i mean i know i went to go put a movie in the other day and i can't remember what it was um i want to say it was something like silver bullet or something uh lost boy something and i was like you want to watch this bud or jeepers creepers he's like dad that's not even scary <laughs> i'm like well it's time for well, you to stop watching these movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just oh, want to yeah. be able to keep that imagination. Yeah. So I, I kind of got him away from him for now. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to wean him back up with the, with the stuff I grew up, you know. Yeah. That way he doesn't get ruined. So, yeah. So you talk about the scene with him, them walking down the sidewalk and him behind the bush. Uh-huh. Okay. And then as the scene progresses... She bumps into Sheriff Brackett, uh-huh. you know, and he's like, you know, oh, Sheriff Brackett, I'm sorry. Everybody's entitled Brackett, to blah, blah, blah. And, at least one and, scare. Yeah, everybody's entitled to at least one scare. Cause, yeah, well, he said it's Halloween. Yeah. I guess everybody's entitled to one scare. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Yes, sir. Nice seeing you, sir. Well, then shortly after that, so she goes home, and she's up in her room, and her bedroom window's open. Yep. And she walks over to look out the bedroom window, and she sees down on the ground Michael Myers, or the shape, standing in the in between the clotheslines with the sheets on them. Yeah. Very creepy scene. Very creepy scene. And he's just looking up at the window at her. Yeah. Yeah. And then the window falls down. Yeah. And she backs up, and then when she looks back out there, he's gone. Yeah. So now she's thinking... Am I really even seeing this guy? Is it in my or is head, it, or is it my imagination? Uh-huh. What what is going on? Yeah, and then um, the phone rings. Yeah, the phone rings, and her and Annie's playing a joke on her. Right. Well, she wasn't really playing a joke on her. Yeah, she was, I guess she, she was. She was, she was uh, eating. 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 She was eating something. Yeah. 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 Um, and she didn't say anything whenever Lori first answered the phone. So Lori times. hung the phone up, and then the. She phone comes right back. Again, yeah. You know. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that comes into play again later. Yeah. You know, whenever. Yeah. So. Yeah, except the next time it's Linda. Yeah. And, and there's a good reason why it's happening. But anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> so yeah, so she. So seen- now the stage is set. Okay, we know there's something going on. There, there's. There's creepiness abound, and the you know, um, she's seeing this guy. She is she really seeing him? Is, you know, is he there? Is he not there? Okay, what's going on? I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna go ahead. I've got commitments. I'm gonna go and babysit this child on Halloween night. Okay, so it just so happens that her and Annie are both watching kids on the same street, almost right across the street from each other. Um, Annie is over at Lindsay Wallace's house, and Lori is at Tommy Doyle's house. So they ride together, uh-huh. and that's as they're riding to go yeah, to do too. their babysitting job is when they run into Sheriff Brackett, yeah. who is Annie's dad. Yeah, and they're smoking a little ganja. Yeah, and they're smoking some weed, you know, and Lori gets all paranoid because she thinks he can smell it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Anyway, so, the and then shortly after that is where Loomis shows up to talk to Sheriff Brackett, the scene that we already talked about yep. where, you know, yep. Michael 
drives right behind him in the yeah, car. Yeah, he's oblivious. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I noticed that, and that's a kind of a theme, too, and some of the other other movies. Right. You'll right. see him driving in the background. Yeah. So, you know, while while the girls are talking to Sheriff Brackett, you know, he, he tells them, you know, oh, some kids broke into the hardware store, and, and Annie's like, well, how do you know it was kids, Dad? You always and, blame it on the kids. You know, and uh, he was like, well, all they took was some knives, some rope, and a Halloween, a Halloween mask. mask, you know. So, interesting thing about the Halloween mask the Halloween mask that they use for for Michael in this movie, we all know, if you don't know by now, it, <laughs> it was a William Shatner mask from Star Trek based from 1966. They bought this mask, and they cut out the eyes a little bit and painted it white. What Carpenter wanted was he wanted a mask that was completely emotionless, mm-hmm. okay, that had no facial features whatsoever. Yeah. And they did a great job. Uh, what a lot of people don't know was is that was not the original mask. What they had, what they had brought in for the original mask was a, uh, an Emmett Kelly mask, which it was a clown mask. Emmett Kelly was a clown, and he was a creepy-looking clown. Mm-hmm. But it was created by this uh, company, this Don Post Productions. They made a bunch of Halloween masks back in the uh-huh. late 70s or whatever. Um, and I think they still do. But anyway, they, uh, whenever they got it, they decided, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's creepy, but I don't know if that's what we want. And then uh, their production manager, which, interestingly enough, his name was Tommy Wallace. And he, <laughs> was, he was married to Nancy Loomis, who played Annie Brackett in the movie. Um, he came up with the idea for the William Shatner mask and he just kind of, they had it there. He said, he said, I cut out the eyes and I painted it white and I tore the eyebrows off of it and teased the hair all up all crazy. And it just, they fell in love with it once I saw it. And that's what they ended up using for the movie. That's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, it it really is. Awesome. Iconic now. Oh yeah. For sure. So so now they've they've met Sheriff Brackett, and then he's met Loomis, and now the girls have gone to their prospective babysitting, babysitting. jobs, and uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, the time for the yeah time for the the time for the killing begins. Yeah. Um. So you know, it starts off kind of slow. You know, you see some scenes of Annie. In the Wallace house, and she, uh, you know, she's in the kitchen. She's making popcorn. Spills you butter s- on You her. see Michael outside. Yeah, he's looking, looking through the in through the window, in through the you know the glass door or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, she accident he accidentally knocks a flower pot down and it you know crashes. What? You know what? I don't think it was an accident. I watched it today, and it looks like he. He hits uh, it. And maybe he did. Maybe he did. I, th- I, I, watched, I thought he just bumped into it and it kind of fell. I was watching it, and then you see his hand go real fast. Huh. Maybe he did. I just watched it today, like I said. Yeah. I, so, yeah, he, yeah he, he he took it down, and she looks. So, of course, she turns around and looks at the door, uh-huh. and he's gone. Yeah. There, he's yep. not there anymore. So, and then shortly after that is when she spills butter on herself. And, and she has to get gonna, naked you know, because she spilled butter on her pants. Right. And why did, you know, why was she not wearing a bra? Did yeah. they not wear bras? Because it was the 70s. Oh, it was the 70s, yeah. That's why. Get, get away with that. I mean, I'm not then. complaining. 
So, <laughs> but so yeah, so so then she ends up having to go to the laundry room, which for some unknown reason, the laundry room is in a shed in the backyard. Well, I, I've never seen that in my life, but hey, okay, cool. Yeah, it's weird. So she she walks out and she you know puts her puts her clothes in the washing machine, and you see the door move, and as the door moves, you can see the the shape standing there through the curtains as the door moves. She never sees him. Yeah. But she ends up getting locked in there and and uh little Lindsay Wallace has to come and let her out. But uh interestingly enough, uh uh Annie is dating this guy named Paul. You never see Paul, but he calls on the phone, you hear him on the phone. Uh-huh. The voice on the phone? John Carpenter. Oh, shit. Yeah, sweet. It really is. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. John Carpenter's voice on the phone. He tries to do a cameo in all his movies um, of some sort or another. Like Stan Lee, which... Uh, like Stan Lee. Rest which, in peace. Yeah. Stan yes. Lee. Very sad news to hear the passing of Stan Lee. 95 years old. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he likes to do cameos. So, yeah, he likes to do cameos in his movies, which it's funny because Hitchcock did um, uh Stephen King does yep. um, uh, <laughs> one of my favorites. Several. One of my favorites of Stephen King is in the Maximum Overdrive. You remember? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. He's, he goes up to the ATM and all the machines are changing, yeah. and he looks at it, close up, pushes the glass up. He's like, honey, honey, get over here. This machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Oh love. yeah. God, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, man. that movie is great. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a review on that. Hundred percent oh, we love are. That movie. Hundred percent. As campy as it is, it's uh, it's a fun movie to one watch. One of my favorite literally it, my And favorites. it's definitely got the best soundtrack. Yeah, it's got Emilio Estevez, dude. I love Emilio yeah. Estevez. Yeah. One of my favorite actors. The the entire soundtrack of that movie was AC, done by AC D C that yeah. van, A C D C van on the bridge. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, back to it, Halloween. Back to Halloween. <laughs> you know, she's doing. Her Nancy gets and, locked in the laundry room. Well, and, she gets stuck in a window. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I said Nancy. Her name's Annie, and the or her real name's Nancy. But uh, Annie gets locked in the laundry room, and Lindsay Wallace has to come let her out. Um, and uh, then they go back in, and she talks to Paul, and Paul talks her into coming and picking him up yeah so then she talks Lindsay, and uh you know hey how about if how about if we go over and you can you can watch scary movies with tommy doyle yeah and she calls uh Lori. Lori, and says hey you know i got something i need to do oh no she didn't call her they just went over there didn't they um no she talked she talked to her. Well, she had. She did talk to her on the phone because she she called and oh. told her that uh, she told um, Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer, yeah, the that, whole Ben uh, Tramer thing. Yeah, that she yeah. she said that she wants to go to the prom with right. him or whatever the dance. Right. So anyway, she goes over and talks talks Lori into watching Lindsay, and if she watches Lindsay, she'll consider talking, talking to him Ben Tramer <laughs> about not going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but uh, so then Annie goes back to get in her car. The car's locked. Okay, so she goes back in the house. She finds her keys. She goes back out to the car. Car's unlocked. And now all of a sudden the car's unlocked. She gets in the car and notices the, the windows. window is. She's like, eh, eh, on the window, you know. And yep. then he, you yep. see Mike Myers whoosh, in the yep. back just yep. pops oh, yeah. up. <laughs> and to this day, to this day, I still, I always look in the back seat of my car. Me too. And it's because of that scene. 
I do it because I'm paranoid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this movie made me paranoid. I'm ready. I'm ready for but, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah. So then you know. So then there's our first kill. Uh, really, I mean, yeah, you know, by strangulation, not, not really, but yeah, because he killed the truck driver guy that whenever Donald Pleasant was talking on the right, right. highway, you and, know, and then he killed his sister at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. But for the main part yeah. of the movie, you know, the first babysitter to die was Annie. Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Donald Pleasant was calling someone on what's known as a payphone. So I, mean, I know a lot of people lot may of not people know may what not a, know what that is. A payphone is. <laughs> uh, it's I a relic that. from an ancient time. Yeah, I seen that uh, that meme on Facebook all the time of the the chick, the yeah. teenage chick taking a picture of a uh, payphone yeah. with her cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ancient technology. Oh, I know. Shoot, but, I was uh, somewhere not too long ago, and they still had a payphone. Yep, I I've seen them all the time. I don't remember where that was. And they always pick them up and they start dialing random numbers just for yeah. the hell of it. Yeah, just to see what happens. Yeah. So. But anyways, so back to the killing. So. <laughs> so yeah, so now Annie is Annie is dead. And, and then um, Tommy Doyle actually sees mm-hmm. Mike carrying her into the. It's yeah. funny to me too because he actually sees Mike carrying him. Carrying her into the house. Right, right. But then, like, he makes a big deal of it for every bit of a minute, and then it's yeah. over. <laughs> then, it's, then it's over. Yeah, because Lori yells at him. I, I mean, know. you just see somebody carrying a dead body, and you're, like, making a big deal, and then yeah. it's like, the boogeyman's outside. For a minute, and then he's like, okay, whatever, she's dead. Can we make, can we carve jack lanterns <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic. <laughs> and then now we get to... The next kill scene. Well, yeah, and that was uh, you know Linda and her her boyfriend. Uh, oh my God, what was Paul? His? No, it? no, that was Annie's boyfriend. Oh yeah, Paul. you're right. My bad. Uh, Sorry. Was his name Roger? I think so. I remember Roger? him saying, "Yeah, I think so." Maybe. Um, Can't believe we don't know this. Uh, yeah, as many times as I've seen this movie, kick me in the face. And, uh, but anyway, her old man. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll put that so one. they get to the house and they they end up they're going to be at the Wallace house and and she knows that Annie's going to be gone because Lori has called over there. Yeah. Or she, no, she called Lori and Lori asked her, yeah. you know, hey, I need to put Lindsay to bed, you know, just yeah, tell Annie to yeah. call me when she gets back or whatever. Yeah. So then they go upstairs and they start messing around and uh, which, in my opinion, is one of the worst sex scenes I've ever seen. I'm just going to say it. I don't. I enjoyed it. I was, I mean, you can tell like that only one of her legs. I, I, I'm a details man. I'm a it's, details well, man. It's funny. It, it's funny that you say that because it's really not the worst sex scene in this movie, though. True. The the worst sex scene is at the very beginning of the movie. So you know, yeah. we talk about the camera going yeah, in. Yeah. It films these two get they get up off the couch. They go upstairs. Now this is when Michael's a little boy and before he kills his sister. And then as Michael comes through the kitchen, grabs the knife, and starts walking towards the stairs, you see the guy coming down the stairs, and he's putting his shirt back on. Like, <laughs> they just got done doing something. If you look at it in the timeline, it was it was like a minute and a half. <laughs> hey, he ain't wasting no time. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's true meaning a minute, man. He's a minute man. Well, <laughs> or as I call the one-pump chunk. Yeah, there you, know? you go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, but, so yeah. anyway, anyway. But back to where we were here. So, <laughs> so she calls, and then um, so they're like, "Okay, 
Annie's going to be gone for the rest of the night. Yeah. yeah. So, boom, she goes up. They go upstairs, and they start doing their thing. Yeah. And they get – well, the phone keeps ringing, actually. Lori right, keeps calling. Right. Right. And then he can't do anything, so he, he can't perform. He can't, I can't perform under pressure. Um, <laughs> anyway, Amateur. so he, he takes the phone off the hook. They yeah, finish yep. in a, they finish in about another ten seconds, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and um, then they roll over, and she wants a beer. Yeah. So then it go, he goes down to get them both a beer. Yeah. Well, you know, and it was kind of an odd thing about that scene is there's a lit pumpkin sitting on a nightstand. Who the hell has a lit pumpkin inside their house? Fuck, these crazy <laughs> bastards. I don't, it was just weird. Yeah. Was weird. But, hey, atmospheric, though. Yes. And it so, becomes a good part of so, the atmosphere whenever. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that part whenever. So, so yeah. So, anyway, so uh, Roger, we'll say his name is, because yeah. like, I'm a doofus and can't remember. Um, he uh, goes downstairs and goes to get a beer and he hears something mm-hmm. and so he goes over and he opens opens one closet and there's nothing in there and he's like oh i hear you and he turns around and he opens the other closet and out pops michael and he's got the kitchen knife and he picks him up against the wall and he shoves the knife through the his through his chest sternum or sternum yeah, yeah into the wall and like sticks him to the wall like his feet are dangling not even <laughs> touching the ground you know I guess Michael Myers made the first post. I don't. I don't. First I don't know. post. <laughs> Posted his. I don't know something like. I don't know. Post kind to his of, wall. His first yeah, post to his po- wall. First post to a wall. That's what it was. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I thought it was really cool how after he does that, as the camera goes back and you can see the body on the wall, uh-huh. Michael's standing there and he's looking at this body and he's kind of tilting his head. Like, back and forth, like he's admiring what he had just done. Like, it was some sort of artwork or something, yeah. you know? Or, like, or I, I, you kind of wonder what's going through his head. To me, what, what it is is that he just doesn't understand. It's like, it's... He it's, doesn't he doesn't like, really understand that, hey, I just killed this guy. Yeah, well, you know? people freak out about it, so he's just kind of like, just... Yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. 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 So then, then he goes upstairs... And he opens the door, and there he stands with... Oh! His name was Bob. That was his name. Cause she, <laughs> I remember now, because she says, Well, come on, Bob. Did you get my beer? Yeah, uh, and then... And then uh, <laughs> and he's standing there with the sheet the over fuck? his head, and he's got Bob's glasses yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, really? Well, yeah, I don't know why he did that, but hey. I mean, it was funny. Yeah. It, and it made it her take her top down so you can see her stuff again. Yeah, you see anything you like? <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I just weird to me. It was it was funny, creepy, funny. But I was just yeah. like, why the yeah. hell would he come up with that idea? Yeah. I, but anyway, anyway. So then she's like, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm calling. I'm sorry. I'm calling Lori, and uh, picks up the phone. And well, you know, Lori answers the phone about the time Michael. Wraps the phone cord around, around her, her neck, neck and starts choking her out. Of course, and she sounds like she's freaking having a blast. Yeah, yeah. So, you and know, she's of like, course, okay, Lori guys. thinks it's a prank call. Enough is enough. So, so then, you know, then the the scene goes on to Lori. My, one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Just she, her walk- she puts the kids to bed, and now she's going to leave the house. Just her walking across the street is one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes of that entire movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Literally. And and I love the music that they played for her in that. You know, just that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then freaking that part right there. I've talked about it before in another podcast, but that freaking part is just so perfect for an atmosphere. I mean, that whole that whole little part really just made that. That's my favorite part of the whole fucking movie, man. Yeah. And it's crazy because all she's doing is walking across the street looking. It's awesome. Yeah. So of course, you know, she goes into the house. You know. We'll just run through this pretty quick. She goes in the house. And doesn't turn a single light on. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, kind of odd. Kind of <laughs> odd. But uh, she goes upstairs, and the first person she finds is Annie laying on the bed. Yes, that's the part I was talking With about. Judith Myers' headstone, headstone or tombstone or whatever, yeah. you know, behind her, you know, and the lit pumpkin on, on the, the side. On, on the side. And she's laid it's out just like. The fantastic scene. I mean, just that picture alone just to me sums up that whole movie you know yeah that was awesome and like you said with the pumpkin it just really yeah yeah you know and then of course she she finds the other two bodies oh she but she she falls stumbles backwards into the closet right and then the closet door pops open or something and what's his name bob bob flips down backwards and forwards she's screaming then she runs into another one and pops open, and it's got um, Linda. Linda all freaking yeah. bunched up inside of a yeah. freaking yeah. shelf. All you know. And uh, this uh, this next part is yeah, when she stumbles into the corner and she's, and she's she's like she's in the hallway and she's she's up against the wall and there's an open door behind pitch her, pitch black, and it is pitch black back there, and she is she is there, and it's like. As your eyes adjust to the darkness, just you see slowly, his you see his face slowly come so into so freaking awesome come so. into view, and it just the imagery behind that, and you know why Carpenter would do it that way is just I love that scene. Yeah, absolutely man. love that scene. It is so creepy to see him come up. See his face just come into view behind her out of the total darkness. As he's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, awesome. and then of course, he, he attacks her with the knife. He's the shittiest fucking uh, knife person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he is. I mean, is. the worst fucking. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm sitting oh. here and like, I watch it and he's like, yeah. I'm behind her. Oh, I stumbled over a pebble. I'm going to yeah. hit her in the arm. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Not even slice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so, well, and then the chase is on. Yeah. You know, yep. he, he is after her, and he's going to get her no matter what. So he ends up chasing her out of the house. She falls down the stairs. Well, she falls over the railing. Over the railing, yep. Onto the staircase and falls down the stairs. She runs out through the kitchen. Well, he's got the kitchen door blocked with a rake. Yeah. So she's got to break the glass to get the rake out of there. Barely escapes with her life. You know, he's right behind her as she goes out the door. Could have just jumped so, through it. But anyway. So <laughs> she try, She runs next door and tries to get some people next door to help her. And if they turn the light on and they yeah. look out their window, but then they just turn the light off. And, yeah. You know, she's screaming the whole time. So, so then she runs across the street back to Tommy Tommy's Doyle's house. house. Yep. And, of course, the kids are sleeping, and she can't find her keys to get back in the house. So, finally, she gets Tommy woke up, and he gets downstairs to let her in. And he lets her in the door right as Michael is stepping up onto the sidewalk in front of the house. So, then she, you know, gets the kids to go back upstairs and lock themselves in a bedroom. 
and she ends up going and hiding in a closet. And then shit gets really creepy. Yeah. When the- so, so then Michael shows up and finds her in the closet, and he busts through the door. Yeah. And there she is. She's stuck in this closet as he's coming through the door. Very iconic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his face and top half of his body coming through the top of the door. Uh, she's got no weapons on her whatsoever. Uh, she ends up stabbing him in the eye with a uh, coat hanger. Yeah. Um, which we forgot about the scene at the couch. Yeah, because she stabs him in the neck with... She uh, stabs him in the, the, in the pumpkin, neck with a knitting needle. Oh, knitting needle, that's yeah. right. Um, but uh, so she stabs him in the eye in the closet. He falls down on the floor. She's got the knife. Well, she, she's, she gets the knife because he drops it after she stabs him in the eye. She ends up stabbing him with the knife. And then he falls on the floor. She comes out of the closet, steps over his body, and for some unknown reason, I don't know why she does this, but she throws the knife on the floor. Yeah. As she steps over his body. And then she... So she steps over his body and walks over to the door. She thinks he's dead, you know? Yeah, and 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 sits... so she's sitting there at the door, and the camera is focused on her. Yeah. And in the background, and it's kind of blurred out. Most iconic, him, one of the most iconic scenes You ever. see him sit up, and then the music starts in again. And he makes it all the way up behind her before she even knows that he's still alive and grabs a hold of her. Like I said, you got to let that shit go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you're not yeah. going to be entertained. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that scene, though, that's one of the most iconic scenes there. It is. There. It is. When he sits up behind her like that, I mean, yeah. that's... Anytime you see Halloween's going to be coming on TV, that's one that's of the scenes, the that, scenes that they'll show you. And yeah. everything. I mean, that's yeah. that's one of the main oh, scenes. Yeah. So, so then she struggles with him, and that's when she pulls his mask off, and you see his face for the first time. Well, see, what we missed, though, is a part that um, when the kids were running out of the house screaming, Dr. Loomis heard him. Right. He's walking oh, down right, the sidewalk. right. Right. And then he looks over, and he, and then that what that's what brings him in. That's what brings him into the as house. She, yeah. As she yeah. grabs his mask, and she's fighting him. Yeah. Here comes Loomis up the steps. Right. And he yells, Michael! And yeah. then shoots him. Shoots him, yeah. He goes back to the door, and then comes back out, and then yeah. shoots him again, shoots he, him again. And yeah, he, he, shoot, he shoots him like six times. Well, yeah. He, and he, finally, <laughs> finally, he falls off the balcony yeah. onto the ground, and... Uh, I I love how Lori is laying there in in fetal position on the floor, you know, and she looks up at Doctor Loomis and says, "Is that the boogie that man? was the boogeyman, wasn't it?" And he says, "Yes." As yes, a matter of fact, it was. Yes, yeah. You know, and then of course he walks over to the balcony and looks down, and Michael's body's gone. Gone, yeah. And then the music kicks in, and his face is. He's got this expression on his face like he's not even surprised. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I, I knew that was going to happen. And he definitely shoots him six times. I don't know if you've ever seen the sequels, but like I yeah. said, yeah. I shot him six times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. As you go through the movie, um, one thing that they did is the farther along the movie gets, the more claustrophobic it gets. It seems like in the middle of the movie, Michael's always off in the distance, okay? And as you go along in the movie, the clo- more he gets and more. closer and closer and closer, 
and she gets closer to him and he gets closer to her and then by the end of the movie you're in a closet together yeah you know they just it was just cool how they really did you know they they ramped up that that phobia of being trapped and, and just the, can't or, get and, away and just the way that they did it you yeah. know like you said oh, starting yeah. off here and then bringing it in right. and like you said if people some people a lot of people didn't notice that right you know right. that metaphor right. it's like a yeah. metaphor you know yeah yeah yeah, but, they. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, great freaking movie. They had the creep factor to eleven on this movie. I one mean, of, it just fantastic. One Absolutely. of the, one of the best movies ever done. It is. It is. It's definitely the best slasher movie ever done. Um, and you know, the probably one of the most suspenseful movies too. I mean, yeah, you're the, on the edge of your seat. It goes to show you, you know, what music can do. Right. Oh, yeah. And what oh, yeah. atmosphere it, can You know, do. and what's cool is, is John Carpenter wrote the music for this yes. movie. Yes, yep. Um, there were a lot of, like, little things in the movie that he played homage to. So, so just to give you a little backstory, so this movie took place in Haddonfield, Illinois. Haddonfield, Illinois is not a real place. It yep. doesn't exist. The way they came up with that was Deborah Hill, who co-wrote Halloween with John Carpenter, uh, grew up in Haddonfield, New Jersey. So that's how they came up with the name for the town. And John Carpenter wanted it set in a kind of like a Midwestern rural kind of area um, away from the big city to kind of show that, you know, evil can happen anywhere. It's yeah. not just in yeah. the city. You know, <clears throat> it can happen in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so... To add to that, the Smith's Grove Sanitarium, uh, Smith's Grove was named after... So John Carpenter grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and he named Smith's Grove after a town that was about 15 miles north of Bowling Green, mm. um, Smith's Grove, Kentucky. Um there's all kinds of little things like some of the streets and stuff in there are from from Bowling Green. And like even at the end of the movie in the credits, the music, he credits the music for the Bowling Green Philharmonic. Mm. There is no Bowling Green Philharmonic. John <laughs> Carpenter wrote all the music for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, it, it's just really cool. So this movie Okay, so they recorded this, they filmed this movie in May. They filmed this movie in 20 days, all right? They had a budget of $320,000. So this movie opened in October of 1978 in Kansas City in four theaters. And the first night didn't do very well. Second night, they noticed that ticket sales doubled. The third night, they noticed that ticket sales tripled. So then they were scrambling to try and see, okay, what can we do? Can we get this out to a wider audience or whatever? So then they, they were set to be at the Chicago Film Festival, which ran from November 3rd to November 19th. It absolutely obliterated everything at the Chicago Film Festival. There were lines waiting down the street to go in and see this movie. So by the time it hit New York... It was the number one movie for the rest of the year. Damn. I mean, and it was one of the top grossing movies. Okay, so they had a budget of $320,000. By the end of the year, it had already made $70 million. Holy 
shit. <laughs> that was in its original release, and it remained. I, I don't. I, I didn't look up this fact, but I remember seeing something like it remained the number one movie for like thirty something weeks or something like that. It was crazy. Crazy, dude. But yeah, made seventy million in its in its original release, and that's not even counting the DVD releases that have come years later. I mean, hell, I know myself. I've probably got five or six different copies yeah, of this. I just bought the four K version a few weeks ago. It's ridiculous. You know, I absolutely love this movie. Well worth the money. If you have not seen this movie, shame on you. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is any horror fan's dream. Yeah, and well, and it's 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 um it's like a um, like I said, it's an OG movie, man. It's it's one of the most iconic yes movies, for sure. man. I sure. and it still holds up, really. It does, it does, it holds up very well for a movie that came out in 1978. It dates itself pretty good. Pretty I good. Mean, pretty good. You can watch that movie now and and feel like you're there. I love it still. You know? And like you said though, there's there's no there's no effects in it. It's No, all, there's no special effects at all. So that's what hardly it, any blood. That's what helps it stay up, you know yeah. what I mean? That's what helps yeah. it keep up to oh, where yeah. it is. But he didn't need special effects. He did everything with atmosphere yep. and music. And know? folks, I'm telling and, you. And look at what this movie has done for the horror genre itself. I mean, this spawned an entire craze of slasher movies all through the 80s and the 90s, and, and people still today are following the formula of this movie. Yeah. I mean, Carpenter is a genius. He really is. Yes. One, prob- definitely my top three favorite uh, directors. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, everybody, I... I'm telling you, this is a great movie, and I'm sure most of you have seen it. Um, yeah. But we had to pay homage to it, and yeah. we had to we had to put this one out there. Um, we could talk about this movie for hours, and in fact, we already have. Yeah, it's an hour know. and twenty now. You but, know, I mean, a lot of our a lot of our shows we like to keep around an hour, guys. Um, so this one was in depth though because it's a movie that I, we really. Uh, yeah, I, it is such a well loved and. Yeah. You know, but. With that being said, I think we're about ready to end this one. Yeah. And um, yeah. don't Sad forget. Sad as it is. Yeah. Shut a tear. <laughs> don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, guys, the Horror yeah. Chronicles podcast, if you haven't already. Yeah. Leave us some info. Hit us up at our email. Uh, Horror Chronicles podcast at gmail.com. And um, until next time, guys. Keep it creepy. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason. No uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.